Hello, and welcome to episode 119 of the Nintendo Jump Podcast. It's October 8th, 2020. My name is Kevin, and today I'm once again joined by the man, the myth, the legend, representing the New Horizons legend of Castaño, Sergio. How you doing? <laughs> What's up, Kevin? Happy second Wednesday to you. I'm doing pretty well. It's been a good week. <laughs> pretty relaxing, not too, not too stressful. Not too stressful. Yeah, man. Second Wednesday. That's the first time I've heard of that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was expecting happy fourth Monday, but I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> and, you know, the Fortnite champion champions, the man with the big shot plays, calls, strategies, and actions, representing Salt Lake as finest, Kellen. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing pretty good. It's been a pretty solid third Tuesday, so no complaints there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, we're just like, you know, hyping up with these different days and stuff. That's cool. I like that. <laughs> uh, all right. So, you know, we got a jam-packed episode for y'all today. I mean, oof. You know, this is. <laughs> I'm actually pretty excited about this because, like, you know, it's been a while since I posted, but you know, I I'm always about to hype in. We got we got three things. Okay, the first thing we're gonna Ooh. talk about is the Pikmin Third Deluxe. And Hyrule Warriors Treehouse Live. So that's the first thing. And then we also got listener mail. And oh, it's coming back, y'all. You know what it is. On the spot. <laughs> and that's our whole schedule for today. I mean, it's going to be great. I mean, are y'all excited? Because I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. All right. So. Oh, we got the, actually, oh, oh. we huh. have breaking news. Hold on. Yeah, I think I'm getting a transmission. Oh, Uh-oh. yeah, we have a message from our correspondent back on Earth. <gasps> Let me see if we can translate. We're going to try to translate the message for you guys. Here we go. We're going to try. Hello, here at NJP. It is the month of Mari October, where we are taking our typical game of the month and going bigger. We are spending the entire month celebrating all things Mario. And as a part of that celebration, we have a very special event, the Super Mario Decathlon. It is a 10 event competition being held in our Discord community, and we're inviting all of you who are listening to please join us. The games we are gonna compete in are Donkey Kong, Super Mario Brothers 1, 2, and 3, Super Mario World, 64, Sunshine, Galaxy, Mario Kart 8, and Mario 35. The challenges are varied to keep things fresh and fun, and we even have bonus events from other games such as Mario Odyssey, Animal Crossing, and we even have some yet-to-be-announced fun planned throughout the month. There is a post discussing this on our Twitter account, at Nintendo Jump, but to get the full details and rules and to be able to join us in the fun, please come to our Discord community. While there will be eShop credit for the top three winners, the focus really is on fun and celebrating the joy that Mario and Nintendo bring to gaming. We do ask that all submissions be turned in by the end of Wednesday, October 28th. That will allow us to compile winners and be able to make those announcements when we record on the 29th. It's already been fun getting started and we know it's gonna be a ton of fun from the rest of the month. So please join us for our Super Mario Decathlon and our month-long celebration of Mari October. All right, I think we got it. <laughs> nice. Man, what what an announcement. Ooh, boy. I mean, that was just... 
and that's great. You know, we got that going on, you know, and I mean, it's always good to hear different challenges and things that we can do for not only our community, for but for everyone who listens to us. Uh, and, you know, this uh, decathlon is going to be hopefully a success. It already has been. So, you know, we're just going to keep it going. So with that, we're going to jump into the Treehouse Live. And I mean, y'all know, like, these are one of my favorite things that Nintendo does, like, all the time. And it's good to get recently. And I mean... Coming from a situation where I did not understand Pikmin, and I'm kind of on the fence of Hyrule Warriors, but even though you know Daryl talked about it, got me hyped up about it, you know I I'm I'm leaning towards beginners, so hmm. I don't know about y'all, but uh, for Pikmin three, you know, what'd you guys think about the Treehouse Life segment of that? You know, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I don't know if I will simply because it's already passed, but I do want to get the demo. I want to try it out. I've been hearing good impressions and I I do feel like I missed out on this game back on the Wii U. I don't know if I'm going to uh, play it right at launch. I might wait a little bit, but I, I definitely want to play this on the Switch. I don't want to miss out again. I've heard way too many good things from a lot of very good people that I like. So they must be right, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, the game looked good. The Pikmin looked tasty. Um, I went ahead and already (laughs) downloaded the demo. I haven't spent much time with it just because I downloaded it last night. And so I only got to spend a couple minutes in it and kind of get a feel for what the franchise is because I have no previous experience with it. But I know it's a super well-loved game. I'm sure a lot of other um, people in our community and our Discord could speak a lot more to what it is and just how great it is. But it's something that I look forward to playing through the demo. I think it's a game that really benefits from having a demo, especially yes. for those gamers that aren't familiar with Pikmin, but maybe know about, you know, Olimar from Smash. And so I know I kind of fall in that boat. I don't know anything about Pikmin. So to have this opportunity to play the demo before committing to it, I think makes it a lot more likely for me to actually to spring for this game than I would have otherwise. Yeah, yeah, so it sounds like the game gives you a taste of the game and also of the Pikmin. <laughs> Wait, so I gotta ask, Colin, which Pikmin look tasty to you? I mean, is it all the Pikmin or like a particular like set? <laughs> uh, I don't know. The yellow ones look kind of sour, so I think yeah. I'm gonna oh. avoid those for now. But I'm gonna save judgment until I like play through the game to see if um, any flavor really strikes me personally. <laughs> well, there you go. This is the. Tasting Pikmin podcast where we'll we'll judge on which Pikmin is the tastiest out of all of them. So, no, but I I have to piggyback on what y'all said. I I'm in the same boat because I didn't grow up with Pikmin, and, but I've heard so much uh. about it and and how <laughs> and how tasty it is. No, 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 not how tasty it is, but you know just how um, how appealing it it is to play the game and just coming from the fact that I I've learned about. Captain Olimar and the Pikmin from, you know, Smash. And it was interesting because, like, when I was watching the Treehouse Live and I was seeing how, you know, Olimar, you know, used the Pikmin on, you know, the enemies or trying to, uh, you know, complete a challenge or, you know, overcome an obstacle, uh, I was like, oh, that's from Smash. But, but you know, the way I'm thinking about it is, like, that's not – Smash is not the originator of it, you know? It's like the Pikmin is the originator, the Pikmin games. And I'm just like, okay, well, this is kind of like reverse thinking. But um, it's – it's cool to see, you know, it's not just about the 
the story, but there's also side missions because, you know, in the Treehouse Live segment, they talked about um, side stories from, you know, Omar's past. And there was one they showed the Tundra level, which I thought was really cool. So, you know, I, I think there's definitely a bit of variety in terms of the environment, which I'm pretty excited about. And, you know, Daryl mentioned before where it is kind of like a tactics sort of game, but not really. It's It just has that Nintendo touch, that charm that just captivates... Um, pretty much any player that looks at it and, and just, well, at least curious about it. And, mm-hmm. and we're just like, wow, like this seems like a game that I would like to try. And they have done well with the demo, which I haven't tried yet. I have it downloaded on my Switch as well. But I'm pretty excited to try it this weekend and see how how good the Pikmin taste. Uh, excuse me, uh, Pikmin play. <laughs> oh my goodness, what's going on? Um, okay, we, we need to, whew, boy, well, uh, any other thoughts on the Pikmin 3 Deluxe reel? No, I mean, it's, you know, when we think about it, it's good timing still. I feel like the game is a couple of weeks away. So getting the demo now, yeah, it's definitely more time than the usual demo gets. I think that's a good thing for for this type of game. Mm. Like, it it gives more people a chance to try it out if they're interested. And I think, like, with a a demo, you, you get a good feel for if you're interested enough to buy the game. Um, especially because, you know, if you haven't played Pikmin, at least you know that it's it's a Nintendo game, like a first-party game. It's hard to find a bad one of those nowadays. Yeah, I haven't really, well, a f- bad first-party game. I don't know. It's been a while since that's happened, so <laughs> I haven't really given that much thought. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see how it goes. And, I mean, Pikmin 3 Deluxe, it's... I, I mean, Daryl and Beck—they've been super excited about it. So I mean, they've already—they've already pre-ordered it. You know, like it's like a—it's like a snap of finger, boom! Like yeah, they, they got it. So yeah, it's—it's it's gonna be great. And I mean, I can't wait to see the reactions and the you know all the reviews and stuff that our community would talk about the game and and just uh, you know see how it goes and hopefully we'll. Uh, yeah, now it could be game of the month. I don't know. This could this could be a game of the month, depending on how awesome it is. Right. Uh, hopefully it is. So you know, we'll stay tuned for that. We're not gonna announce that <laughs> part yet. <laughs> I know it's a bit early, but you know, just getting a bit too excited for a game that you know we haven't really delved into much yet. So um, yeah, uh, Kelvin, any last thoughts on this game? Uh, no, just that I'm excited to try out the demo and kind of learn more about it. But I know that there's also a second part to that Treehouse presentation if you wanted to uh, transition into that, because I know there's a lot of excitement about that game as well. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity. Oh, man. Ah, oof. It's given that I am not a Muso or the Dynasty Warriors genre type of gamer, <laughs> given that I haven't finished Breath of the Wild, which is like... I think a huge prerequisite, right? But I'm still very tempted to pre-order. I think this is going to be a very good game to get for... Um, when is it coming out? Later this year? I'm trying to think. what. When's the release date? Um, yeah, like early November? Mid-November? Mid-November? Mid-November. Yeah. Ooh, boy. That's... Yeah, I mean... I like the spacing that, too, because then, you know, Pikmin 3 is going to come out around Halloween, and then... Right. For that coming in November. Yeah, I mean... Ooh, it's... You know, I I was watching the Treehouse Live a bit, and I mean, I really do like the fact that, you know, it, it, it does look very fluid, like the combat's fluid, and I guess being that sort of, like, god-type character where you're just, like, one against a million is, is appealing. 
I never got the appeal of it until I saw footage of this game. And I think it's because, you know, when you think of Breath of the Wild, you think of a game that has just, for the most part, transcended, uh, you know, a, a, a big part of gaming today of how, like, a franchise like The Legend of Zelda is able to pivot into an open-world sandbox type of game, which is, you know, very non-traditional for a Zelda game. But, you know, with all the success... Uh, and being able to pivot into you know the first Hyrule Warriors that occurred, and then now we have the second one. Uh, I mean, it, it's 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 awesome because you get to see, uh, if you may or may not know, you get to see more of the the backstory of the 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 events before uh, Breath of the Wild, and just to be able to use those champions. And I mean, oof, I mean Rivali, I mean count me in. I still have to get in the middle of it, which I tried to uh, a while back, but then you know I'm not gonna name the retailer let's just call it walmart okay so they, they had to, they canceled my pre-order i'm like oh goodness you know so um i'm not saying it's walmart's fault it's not it's not their fault i'm sure they had a lot of pre-orders that happened i'm not blaming them i'm blaming the system okay and, and oh excuse me the, the supply and demand okay you know like it's maybe just walmart no anyway i i am pretty excited to see how uh, how hi- this Hyrule Warriors is gonna do the second iteration of it? So, uh, you know, Kellen, what do you think? You know, you you just brief- you briefly wanted to transition to this. So, uh, what do you think about this game so far? Yeah, you know, the Warriors games have never like super appealed to me because I guess just watching gameplay, it feels like you're just moving around through an area, pressing the attack button over and over, and mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of that comes down to like play style and actually playing it. Um, gives you a different feeling because I'm sure you could watch a game like Hades and feel like you're doing the same thing. But what mm-hmm. excited me yeah. most about this presentation was seeing Zelda and how she kind of plays in this game and how much she relies on um, the different abilities rather than like physical force. And I think that was really cool. Um, the overall design kind of keeping in line with Breath of the Wild was appealing. So I think this is a game I might check out down the road, but right now I don't know if it's enough to push me away from all the other games I have to play right now. I think Mm. it was so quiet for so long and we were just kind of twiddling our thumbs waiting for news from Nintendo. And all of a sudden they put together a really solid back half of this year. And it just seems like each month has had a big release and I just feel so tied up right now that I don't really feel the pull to start playing this game right now. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'm just going to ask you this, like what if, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity released a demo like in the next few weeks. Would would that would that sort of help your decision? Like, assuming that you like the demo, would that help you with you know like oh like this may be a game that I would like to get for sure, but maybe maybe sooner rather than later. Like, would that would that help a lot? Yeah, you know, I feel like it definitely would. It's mm-hmm. one of those games, a lot like Pikmin, where I feel like it's almost hard to watch without previous experience to know how it would feel to play. Yeah, And so I think mm. Nintendo would really benefit from putting out a demo, and I'm kind of expecting it. Um, I think they haven't been too shy about that. Um, between game trials and demos and things, they really want the consumer to try out the game before committing and buying. And so I can definitely see them doing that, and I can see that definitely increasing people's appeal in the game. Mm. Nice. You know, I haven't played a Hyrule Warriors game either, or a Dynasty Warriors for that matter. But one thing I do like about Age of Calamity is that this kind of makes the most sense for for this type of game. Um, even with the little bit of Breath of the Wild that I played, I know what happens 
basically 100 years ago. So it makes a lot of sense for, you know, like a huge battle with hundreds of enemies or opponents. So it, it can't... It, it's it's almost it almost sounds like it was made uh, for a Harold Warriors game. Um, I'm kind of glad that it worked out, or maybe it was done on purpose. I don't know. But this sounds like the the right approach to take for the game and for the prequel. So it sounds like the series and the type of game that it is just happened to match. So I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a great game. I'm with Kellen. I don't know if it's gonna be enough to push me away, especially because. Around that time, I'm probably going to be playing Pokemon with the DLC. Like, hopefully some of us will be as well. But <laughs> it's exciting. You know, it's, it's good to have options for sure. You know, I'm going to be one of them <laughs> for the Pokemon DLC. So nice. count me in. But I'm only going to do that if you play Pokemon Unite with me, though. Right? We're going to play it? Oh, then yeah. that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yo, wait, wait, wait. Hold up. I thought we had a pack, man. We're like Pokemon buddies. I mean, you know, it's our quote-unquote favorite franchise. I mean, okay, well. <laughs> it, it is an important one for both of us in our histories, right? I think that's a, I think that's a, a fair thing to say. But Yes. Um, yeah. I, no, I mean, I'm... That's a good point because I, I am going to spend a bit of time, you know, catching up with the first Pokemon Sword, Sword and Shield DLC. I think mm. that is the Isle of Armor. And then this one coming up, which is Crown Tundra. I mean, you know, I poof, I, I got to finish Isle of Armor soon then so I can, you know, be at the ready. You know, I got to get to where I want to go with this, with this Pokemon <laughs> thing and have the ideal team and hopefully... You know, realize my dreams of being a Pokemon master that never was. Nah, well, I don't know about that. But, you know, it's cool. So, Hyrule Warriors, I mean, yeah, I I definitely agree with both of y'all. I I think the biggest thing about this is that it makes the most sense, as, as y'all mentioned, because, you know, they integrate the story into the gameplay. It's not so much the other way around. And yeah. so, I think that is the key. I, I'm going to say this right now. I think this is probably going to be... Uh, the most recognizable game of this genre, I, I I'm gonna call it that call it that right yeah. now because the way yeah. it integrates with an, an already revolutionary game in Breath of the Wild, and you put that into a genre like Musou or Dynasty Warriors. I just think, I'm just gonna think about Dynasty Warriors. And, you know, you put it into that container, and it's just it's gonna. I feel like it's gonna be a gateway, a gateway Musou game for yeah. many people to. You know, get more get uh get into, and I don't want to discount you know the success of Fire Emblem because they you know Fire Emblem Warriors right like they they did their own thing which 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 did pretty well even though I didn't play but I did see a lot of good reviews about it, but that wasn't that wasn't necessarily you know integrating the you know, the story into the gameplay it, it was and it was just like a bunch of characters with uh just. And, and you, you put it there, and then you have the, all these histories of different characters that come in different games. I mean, which is cool, right? It's like a it's like a collection of all, all these characters into one package. But um, I think that this particular iteration of Hyrule Warriors is going to do a much, much more uh, streamlined of a job with this genre that many people may or may not be familiar with. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, any last thoughts on Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity? No, I, th I think we covered it. All right. Well, I know it's been a while, but we're going to do some listener mail. Yeah, you know it. Oof, listener mail. Man, I mean, we got some juicy ones, too. I mean, we, you know, we 
you know, shout out to our community, man. I mean, we we got some pretty awesome questions, you know, left and right, up and down, different directions, north, east, west, south. I mean, we're talking the whole <laughs> compass, you know what I'm saying? So, okay, Kellen, we're going to start with you. Oh, so we're going to go, we're going to go like in one or two rounds and each of us are going to pick a question and then we all answer it. And that's it. So with that, Kellen. All right, let me uh, shake the cobwebs off our mailbag here and dig in deep. I (laughs) see a question from Cube, and Cube asks, what is your least favorite thing about Kevin? Kevin, do you want to start? Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. I did not see that question, man. Which list are you looking at? (laughs) Oh, I'm looking at the personally DM'd questions. I'm totally kidding, totally kidding. (laughs) Give me a break. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, man, yo, I thought we were homies, man. No, I'm just kidding. We are. I had no answer to that question, so. Oh, 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 oh okay, okay. Well, hold up. Good answer. <laughs> okay. All right, but in all seriousness, this question does come from Cube, and he asks, what do you think is the right size for the playable cast for an RPG? Mm. Is it a small cast you have to use, three to four like Earthbound, around double the active party? six to eight like most rpgs or a huge roster you can use um like exceeding 10 like in chrono cross uh what do you guys think what's the optimal size for an rpg because some of them can run kind of big and some can feel kind of small so what's that sweet spot Oof, i'm gonna go last (laughs) right off the bat i want to say well I guess eight if your party consists of four characters, which is usually the the amount, right? And the reason being you have your your main party in a way and then you kinda have your your side party. Um you can mix and match, but usually you have your four and then your other four. I feel like that works because if if you wanna actually level up your second party you can try to do that or you can just focus on your main four. But it, I feel like if there's more than that those other characters or like or some of those characters definitely get lost in the dust and you never really uh, explore their capability their um their abilities by leveling them up as much as you could so eight is a good amount i would say eight or less you see mm. i think the right answer here is just four because maybe it's just the way i play i have that side party but i like never use them and if i do they're severely under leveled <laughs> And so you almost have to play through the game twice, once with like your sub party and once with your main one. And I like to care about the characters in the RPG that I play because I'm committing like 40 to 60 plus hours to this game because it's going to run so long. And I feel like when you add more characters, you have to add more side stories and sometimes they can become weaker or you don't get to spend as much time with the character. And this is like, one of the few genres where I really care about the story and I really care about the characters. So I kind of like a smaller, more intimate party um, because then I start to feel bad if I have a ton of characters that I never use that just sit there. Like who plays through final fantasy seven and uses Kate Sith in their party, you know, like <laughs> you're rolling with cloud and Barrett and Tifa and like, that's just the squad. You don't think about these sub characters very often when you think about these iconic games and I like that the option's there, but honestly, I feel like it can almost cheapen the experience if you try to overcompensate by bringing in too many characters and too many stories, especially if characters play similarly. Like if you have two healers mm. and they basically play the same, they just have a different appearance and a different name. I don't know. That's a hard sell for me. 
Wow. So here are my thoughts. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely more towards Sergio's side on this, but I really do like your take, Kellen, because, I mean, it's, it, it's a fair point because when you have your the first three that you encounter, first three or four, and, you know, you start to, you want to develop that emotional bond, that emotional connection with the characters. And then when you have other characters that come into play, a lot of times they may not have as strong of a character development. And so, you know, and for the record, Keith Sith, I mean, there are times where I would use them, you know, in, in the in battle. But I mean, honestly, I didn't use them in the <laughs> final battle with, uh, well, I'm not going to spoil this, the, the game. But I mean, yeah, I, I, I totally get you with that. Like, I mean, you got to have Cloud, you got to have Barrett and Antifa. I mean, that's your three. <laughs> anyway, no, but uh, no, I, I get that. Like, it's, it, it's, it's, it's to a point where, you know, you, you want to have the characters that y- you want you want to have the most time with the characters that you start with, right? And so I can definitely see that with a smaller RPG, but I think with the RPGs that we have now, especially the ones that, you know, go, that can go 60, 80 hours, like, easily, I think, personally, and assuming it's, like, a three-person party, party, I'll Mm -hmm. go with six, because, you know, what I love about RPGs, especially during the Final Fantasy games I played back in the past, is, like, you have your your primary squad, and then you have your other squad. I don't want to say secondary because that sounds kind of lame, but like the other squad where you know they are like the okay, excuse me, support squad, the support squad that does the other things <laughs> in the story, right? And it's so cool to have like two different squads, you know, with integrated and in, within the same realm and trying to fulfill the same objective, but it just has different. Uh, they have different roles in in the objective, and so. I I really value that, and then sometimes you just want to be able to mix them up, you know. Like maybe you'll have a save file with like party A and party B, and then you know you maybe do another save file where you mix up the characters, then you do the same thing, you know, go through the same you know other dungeon or story part of story, and you get different types of conversations between the characters that you may not have realized if you were to go with your first take on the story with you know, original party A and party B. So I think it really depends on the length of the game for me. But mm. in the end, I think six is probably my favorite size. I think we can all agree that having a huge roster, like over 10 is too much. Yes. I think at that point, it kind of dilutes the quality of the characters. And when it comes to RPGs, the story, the plot, character development, those are probably the most important. You know what I mean? The gameplay, yeah, it is important, but... What drives the gameplay is the story. I think you know that's it's so important, and and I think uh, being in a situation where you know you have these characters that you can grow into and and, and love and you know and admire, uh, it's really important. And so there you go, Cube. That's our A plus answer for y'all or for you. I mean, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, knocked that out of the park. Sergio, you're next. I have a question here from Hi, I'm Tom. He asked, what is one thing you would want to add or change to your favorite video game series of all time, if anything? So, Kevin, how would you change Pokemon? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, first of all, it's not my favorite video game series of all time. <laughs> um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. Would you like me to answer as if that is my favorite video game series, or you want my legit Ooh. favorite video game series? Uh, can I have both? You want, want both? both. <laughs> oh, okay, Kellen, is that is that your wish too? Yeah, go for it, man. 
Okay, so for Pokemon, what I would change, I would change the the narrative a lot more of how Pokemon goes in terms mm. of, you know, the role of the player when they enter a Pokemon game. So, you know, through the past eight generations, right? And we've had touches of, of like, you know, seeing that you can enter Pokemon contests and then maybe bits and pieces of being, being a Pokemon breeder. No, not really. Uh, or maybe doing like some sort of side <laughs> quest to help Pokemon, right? In that sense, given that I didn't play a lot of Pokemon's uh, Generation 6. But anyway, so my opinion about this is that I think if they can make more... Uh, more of the games where you have like Johto, you have Kanto, you have you know Hoenn, uh, you know, Unova, uh, Snow, all, all those. I'm not going to name them all, but not always focusing as a Pokemon master, but maybe you want to be the best Pokemon doctor or the best Pokemon cartoonist or Pokemon breeder. Um, I mean, I know they have like Pokemon Snap, which you, you mean you know you, you could be like the, the best photographer of all time like tracy from pokemon anime i don't know why i brought that up but i think <laughs> uh having a dedicated pokemon breeder game or a pokemon uh what do you call that like the, the person who uh participate in contests this is how much of a fan i am oh right right <laughs> uh, is it coordinator no coordinator uh, yeah Sergio, you're a bigger Pokemon fan. Oh, than me. <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so I would love to have a. I'm gonna say it right now, a Johto Pokemon coordinator type of game where you're judged based on your creativity of how you you know you de- decorate your Pokemon and how it fights in a in a in the flair in the style that just is conducive for getting the most beauty points or different kinds of points rather than just like you know knocking away at the hp so that's what i would do uh okay so so now my other my legit favorite your your second favorite my my second favorite right uh final fantasy i mean y'all already know i mean we talked about in the previous episode way back in i don't know probably last year or so The, the one thing i would like to change in this video game series is just to you know and i've mentioned this before final fantasy 15 right i mean the the way the story first started and how you went through it as like a boy band simulator i'm kidding like you're, <laughs> you're a group of four four uh, including this you know to be king or prince or he does become king spoilers uh noctis and you know he he goes through his journey and then you know you you have a story where you'll find your your love interest and it builds up so much and then when you finally meet her you barely get to use her and it's just like yo what is going on like this is not traditional i mean i i, I see why they did it but the way they pictured the story and i'm not gonna spoil much of it to me it felt like there were two size of the coin there were two different groups of people who wanted the story to go a certain way and they just couldn't make up their mind and it's like okay well we're just gonna do this and then release dlc to explain why we did that and so to me i want uh and i know and just coming from uh you know i coming from a developer background and and how tough it is to you know make these judgment calls these decisions of how the story should be I think that they could have been a bit more decisive in how they did the story for that particular game uh, and for Final Fantasy 13, which I won't get into. Uh, but I feel like with Final Fantasy 15, they definitely could have done the story 
a bit more justice and be able to let you use your love interest with Noctis or uh, Luna Freya. Um, not really of a spoiler, but <laughs> I feel like they could have done a better job with that. And instead of like releasing all the DLC to compensate for it, I think that if they just were to be more decisive, and, and maybe it might not be the best story, but at least like they, they know what they're doing and mm. they stick with the story, right? Like don't um, half bleep it, you know, just, just t- take it and go. And, you know, have that pride, have that heart to go with your story. Go, go where you're going. Go where you're going, man. No, you, that's what's up. I mean, go where you're going, realize its true potential, and just, that's Final Fantasy fifteen. That's what it should be. You know what I'm saying? Like, instead of what we saw, and granted, there were, you know, it got some decent reviews. I'm not going to lie. It's a pretty decent game, but I just think that it could have been a lot better. And, you know, I'm just so afraid that they're going to find... Uh, the same type of issue in Final Fantasy 16, which I hope they don't, because right. you know, I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, like, I'm I'm not gonna get PS5 anytime soon, maybe sometime next year, but when Final Fantasy 16 comes up, you know, I'm gonna get it, and like, my heart is set on that, so I have high expectations, uh, well, high in a fair way, like just <laughs> to make sure that they do a great job and to realize that hey, like, they can, they know how to make good stories, they can. And and yes, like they have like sixteen iterations or more, but and with different spinoffs and stuff. But like, I think they can do a great job with this, and I'm I'm really confident. But my point is, from all the stuff I just talked about, is to be more decisive in their story. That's it. Mm. Mm-hmm. In their latest series. Nice. Uh, okay, you guys go ahead. <laughs> Kellen, you want to go? I mean, you can go ahead and talk about what you would change to Kingdom Hearts. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> I'm nervous to hear that answer, so you know what? Just forget about it. Go ahead. Talk about Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah, thank you. you. You saved a lot of people. <laughs> uh, yeah, Animal Crossing. Oh, my goodness. Let's let's add something. Oh, man. <laughs> I was going to say, let's add something fun. <laughs> oh. Okay, let me explain. Let's add something randomly fun because I... Yeah, I'm still having a, uh, fun with the game, but it, um, it's getting a little too monotonous. The same thing every day. Yeah, you can do it a different in different order, but it's still always the same thing. So what I would add is randomly generated dungeons, maybe like a cave somehow. It kind of doesn't work on an island, but it, it worked better on the previous games. And it's basically like a randomly generated dungeon. You get paired up with random villagers even some that are not in your town and you fight random enemies of random difficulties you get random items make it all as random as possible and it's gonna make people keep wanting to come back to it especially like if the difficulty changes without you know not too crazy but sometimes you're gonna have an easy time sometimes it's gonna take uh some time and effort but i feel like that would really add some variety to the game which is kind of needed right now you know, I have a game that would be that that is actually like that. If you heard of Hades, that's exactly what you described. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The Hades I mean, Animal you know, Crossing crossover we've all been waiting for. Yeah. I mean, look, it it's exactly what you mentioned. You know, you're in you have different randomly generated dungeons. You're you're paired with different, you know, villagers, or in this case, different gods and booms. <laughs> and, you know, you have to fight your way through and then you can to see the the outside world. And I mean that's kind of like Animal Crossing. Uh. No, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's kind of like what you think Animal Crossing should be. But you know, really, this is a this is me trying to say, Sergio, buy this game. 80s. 
Okay. So. <laughs> nice. All right. So unpopular opinion in a very opinionated fan base. I will talk about Kingdom Hearts. Ooh, I like this. <laughs> Honestly, I've never dug the Disney aspect of Kingdom Hearts. I've always oh. dug the original characters, and I feel like they need to lean way more into the Final Fantasy aspect of it because, I don't know, like, it's got its charm for the first couple games, but I just played through three, and it's like, do I want to run around with Elsa right now and, like, put together a snowman, or do I want to run around Midgar with Cloud? Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just getting to the point where... It's hard to choose. I know, <laughs> right. I know if they were to turn away from Disney, they would lose a lot of their fan base, they'd lose a lot of interest in the game, but I just feel like Final Fantasy, there's so many unique worlds, places, and characters they could really lean in, and yeah. sure, they still make appearances, but I just feel like it could be... A more complete part of the game and mm. i don't know i just i don't think they'll go this direction but i would really like to see them lean into that more even if they kept disney like flip it for a game have a little bit of disney influence but have it be more final mm. fantasy centered and i don't know just see how it goes like you just put out a rhythm game here soon why not experiment more so that's interesting that you mentioned that and given that i've never played a kingdom hearts game I bet Sergio would say you're not missing out on anything. So, <laughs> but uh, so is the Disney part a complimentary piece, or is it integrated into the story? Like, what is the what is the relationship with Kingdom Hearts and Disney? Like, I, I guess I'm not as understanding about it because I just see it from the outside point of view. So, like, what is your take on that? Oh man, like we don't have enough hours in the day to go into the story of Kingdom Hearts and the lore, and I'd contradict <laughs> myself a million times. But oh. the Disney worlds do play an integral part into the story at times there's been a lot of retconning and things coming out but like the disney princesses can play a pretty decent role in the story and the worlds themselves do you have to go into the worlds and you have to um, go through specific tasks i won't try to spoil anything especially for the most recent game but they're different they're just different worlds that exist in the same world and so you have to travel to them and so i guess a lot like you know, the Mario games, you're going around to different parts of um, Mario Sunshine right now. It's kind of the same loop for Kingdom Hearts games where you're jumping around in between Disney worlds, doing different achievements, meeting new characters, growing your party, gaining new abilities, things like that. So it definitely plays a big part. Um, and then big Disney characters like Mickey obviously play a big role as well. So I think they've become so ingrained into the game that you can't really separate from them anymore. And that's why I don't expect it to happen. But it just feels like you could use the same idea of, well, these Disney worlds are involved in the Kingdom Hearts universe, so why can't all of the Final Fantasy worlds be involved as well? Like, why can't mm. Sora run around with Cloud and Noctis? And, you know, why can't we have crossovers where different Final Fantasy characters from different games can come together and fight with Sora? Um, I don't know. I just feel like that could be really, really cool, but I don't think it's a direction they'd ever go. Hmm. You know, I I kind of feel like this Final Fantasy fifteen frustration coming from you because I would I feel sort of the same way with that particular game. But no, I I, I get I see what you're saying, and uh, and maybe that's why Sergio said you know this game should or the series should be more fun and good. But no, but I mean, look, it's <laughs> it, I I think that it's always interesting to have something like Disney be integral in in a game because just the brand itself is going to sell a lot, but sometimes. Some one of the biggest things in the world may not 
it works so well in the game for a lot of people. And I mean, and and granted, there are some really big Kingdom Hearts fans. Um, we have some people in the community who are big fans of Kingdom Hearts. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's that's totally valid. And it's well, that rhythm game. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a bit <laughs> enticed to play it. Uh, I wish there was a demo though. I mean, we're just asking. There, for demo there will be. Oh, there will be. There will be. Yeah, I'm looking oh. forward to it. Wait. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Um, when is it coming out? <laughs> uh, I don't think they said, but they, they, yeah, they said we're getting a demo, which is which is good. Oh, well, there you have it. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts is plus one for me. Nah, we'll see. But <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well. Uh, thank you. Hi, I'm Tom. For that question. Also, we've answered it with an A plus. Uh, let's see. So what I would choose. Ooh, man, there's some pretty good questions here. But I got to say, I'm going to ask this one from Lama Libre. Okay, so when you are just feeling a certain way, maybe sad or anxious, do you play a game that fits the mood to write it out? Or do you play something opposite to try and get you out of it? I mean, I feel when I feel sad, I don't want to remain sad. And I feel like that doesn't help me personally heal from how I feel. So I prefer to put myself in an environment or ingrained in an activity that makes me feel happier. So I mm -hmm. think I definitely lean more towards games that make me feel happy and maybe not even happy, but more just comfortable. The games where I've spent, you know, a hundred plus hours playing online or a game where I can text a friend and have them meet me online to play a couple matches I feel like that's where I start to go when I feel sad or anxious. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And like the the first feeling that comes to mind to me is like, oh, you know, you're you're coming home from work and you're tired. You want to play something relaxing? Yeah, there's Animal Crossing. That's perfect. Oh man, that I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, maybe maybe you feel like you know, oh, you wanna feel a little bit accomplished and you want to play something that you know you're good at or that you feel that you're going to be good at and even if it's hectic something i don't know like smash or rocket league but if you feel like it and you you want to you know be like yeah i can i win and um i'm a winner yeah that's that's different too it's not as relaxing but if you're good <laughs> at it sometimes you crave that feeling yeah both good points i for me personally, if I were to play Smash when I'm like upset or angry, I'd probably just get more upset because <laughs> the more frustrated I get, the the worse I play. I don't have that trait, um, but I think in this situation, I, I you know I probably would be playing a particular you know we're just gonna say a random rogue like dungeon crawler. Enter the gungeon. Is, yeah, enter the gungeon. Right, right. You know, enter the enter the gungeon. <laughs> no no I, I would play hades no but uh for real though i would definitely play animal crossing um i can't believe i'm saying that because this is the first year i've gotten into the game but um it is a game where i can just do a little thing whether it's watering flowers and it just makes me happy because like um and i'll get more into this as we talk about more about animal crossing in a future episode hopefully um but i i have this thing where i like to garden or like grow flowers and in this case hybrid flowers and when i feel depressed or sad or anxious or frustrated or what have you especially from uh parts of earlier this year i would just go into animal crossing talk to a villager and they would you know 
say my nickname as Butterbean. Don't use that, please. <laughs> <laughs> Only my villagers, okay. All right. So, uh, you know, and, and it's just like, I mean, yeah, it's not my name, but I'm like, yo, I, I mean, yo, Butterbean, that's me. <laughs> uh, but I have to say that there are exceptions to this rule. Like, so before I played Animal Crossing or, you know, have gotten into it, uh, I would actually just, you know, play games that are a bit more not as like thought provoking or, or have in- intensive in terms of like you know having to think and strategize. So, right. um, you know, I I mean, there's just times where, I mean, even playing like Super Mario Odyssey at times, like I would just play that and even just going through a level because I know it's a game that I can you know like uh, just go through and enjoy the music and stomp on Goombas a hundred times. Well, I mean, maybe 99, but I mean, it's just, it's nice to just be able to play something that you're familiar with and, and feel like, and get that confidence back, uh, which kind of tailors to your answer, Sergio, but I just want to do it smash because I just can't, I, I don't, I, <laughs> I will play maybe 10 matches and win like maybe two or three competitively. And I'm like, yo, this is not working. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that would be, that would be my answer to that. So anyway, yeah, there you go. Mm. Nice. All right, gentlemen, I think we got some time for one of my favorite segments of all time, you know, on the spot. Let's go. Oh, mate. Okay. So, um, boy, oh, boy. Kellen, we're going to start with you, man. Oh, man. So my question to you two is what game gets you the most tilted or saltiest? Oh my god! Can, Ooh, can I answer? For, oh my god! <laughs> Let me just—I—I am so ready. Uh, can can it be a series or just a particular game? <laughs> uh, it's your answer, Butterbean. You go for it. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> uh, Butterbean says no. Uh, look, I mean, there's one game that gets me toted. I'm talking about how I got my 0.97 KDR. You know what I'm saying? Like Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Um, just all those months playing and throwing my controller up in the air and maybe it touches the ground. I'm not going <laughs> to tell you when or where, but um, and, and saying expletives that, uh, you know, isn't necessarily offensive, but it is, you know, for me, it's just a way, of, I mean, you know, like say the F word, which I'm not going to say here, but like I'm, I just get so emotionally tilted because like, and here, and me, I didn't explain it probably in the third episode or, or so of this podcast, but uh, when I talk about Call of Duty, but uh, for me, I went, so when I was a lot younger and, and in high school, uh, I had a group of friends who, who are still my close friends today where we'll play Counter-Strike and I was like really, really bad playing it. Like we would, you know, play like different maps, like especially op map where, you know, we use the know that particular uh sniper rifle and i'm just i'm just wasn't that good like we were i was in the bottom two and me and my other friend harvey uh you know shout out to harvey uh you know we would we would try to play against each other and see who's the better better like shooter i guess because then you know it was always trying to see it was it was kind of like that pride thing and 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 that comparison thing where it's like oh i'm better than you you're better than me you know you know shut up and then you know f you or whatever uh and, and it got me tilted man and i'm just like yo like I I think I just felt kind of inferior about it because like 
I wanted to be really good at the shooter game for sure. And then I just wasn't that good with PC shooters. Um, I didn't blame anybody for it, obviously, but I mean, I did before in high school, but now it's just like, I just want to get good at a shooter game. And then Call of Duty Marvel for 2 came around and I was like, man, I'm just going to get so, I'm just going to be very, very uh, determined to, to do really well, regardless of how mad I get. And it, I mean, it paid off, uh, but I wouldn't recommend doing that. Um, if that's your way of trying to get better at the game, like I would definitely just try to relax and uh, try to be more you know, <laughs> sensible with your feelings. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to tell you how to feel about a game, but like I would just try to you know, keep your emotions in check when you play Call of Duty because there's a lot of BS that happens, right? And what I could have done, I could have, you know, like maybe take a break, walk for 15 minutes, get, get you know, you know, collect my 10K steps, which I didn't really think about back then, you know, because obviously now it's all about gain. 10,000 steps a day to be, you know, keep really healthy and all that, but, which is beside the point, but, uh, you, you want to just keep your emotions in check and, and, and not throw your controller and just be like, okay, that BS happened next game. And I wish I could have done that more, but I did get my 0.97 from 0.3. Okay. Within like seven months. So give, give me some of that. Give me, give me some props for that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Kellen, that is the one game that got me so tilted. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sergio? Nice. Oh man, yeah. For me, it's gonna be Super Smash Brothers. Oh wow! Yeah. I I think I I feel like I'm I'm worse than, at the game than I think I am. So I'm always like, you know, I hear about like this like really good players. Uh, I, at least the ones that I get a chance to play against, and I'm like, oh yeah, I can take them down, no problem. And I'll just focus, and and then it doesn't happen, and then I'm just like, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that, I could have done this, and I and I play all these scenarios in my head, and and then the next match I still don't do all those things. So I I don't learn. It. That that said though, I always have a ton of fun with that game, and even if I lose most of the time, but yeah, <laughs> uh, it definitely gets me going. Um, my mm. my friend Danny and I play it pretty much like every week, and he beats me most of the time. But man, we have a great time, and a lot of weird sounds are done and things are said but it's a fun time overall (laughs) (laughs) i I might be familiar with those i don't know (laughs) uh well kevin what about you man oh man um i feel like i'm a pretty level-headed person so i don't get like tilted or salty very easy um but the games that do create that feeling in me are probably team-based online games ones where it's yeah and i've realized it's kind of there's two parts to this and the first part was always apparent to me and the second part's become more apparent and the first part is it's stressful when the result of the game's out of your control and if your teammate makes like a boneheaded play you feel like you almost wasted your time because you played so well and it was gone like in that instant and it was out of your control. Mm-hmm. So that can be frustrating. And the second part that I've really come to understand is I feel bad when I feel like I let my team down and that makes me feel tilted because now I'm on the other side of it and someone else is upset at me or maybe wasted their time playing or working so hard because of a mistake that I had made. And so sometimes I feel that in Rocket League, if I whiff or in Overwatch, if I'm not paying attention to like someone flanking and our team gets wiped. Um, So I think those games carry like a ton of reward once your team's playing well and you feel like you're playing well. But there's also that other aspect there where it's just out of your control or you just like messed up the game for your team. And that really gets to me. 
Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely empathize with you on that. I mean, it's, it's I mean, like, even with playing with League of Legends uh, earlier this year, like, I would feel so bad and kind of, I, I, I would, I'm borderline tilted with just feeling like, man, I let my team down. And I, and it was something that I could have done that has been instructed to me to do over and over. And so I can definitely, uh, can feel you for that. So that, that, that can be frustrating. Ooh. Well, Sergio, you're on the All spot. right. <laughs> two two part question if you could spend one day of your real life with whichever video game character you would want to who would you pick and what would be your parting words for that day what would you tell them last oh man squalling heart oh. and I would say I would say dot 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 whatever <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Well, I guess I, I should have also asked, what would you do during that day? Any oh, anything oh. specific? <laughs> How would you yeah. spend the day? <laughs> oh yeah, so you know, I would we'll go to Freshman's Horizon, you know, and oh, battle some, nice. you know, you know, listen to that tune that I would I wouldn't love to listen to in the background, <laughs> even though like if I were to do that in real life, like <laughs> there wouldn't be like background music playing all the time. <laughs> uh, no, but. Um, I would, yeah, you know, we would get a cup of coffee and, and maybe he doesn't like coffee. I don't know if he does, but, and we would just, he doesn't. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. He doesn't like anything. (laughs) You're a bigger Squall fan than me. (laughs) Yeah, no, but I would, uh, I definitely would, you know, fight some enemies and especially the, you know, some of the soldiers that are coming after us and then. Uh, go to Fisherman's Horizon, and then travel to Esther or Estar, and you know meet his. Am I going to spoilers? I'm not gonna go into spoilers. Okay, so I'm gonna you know meet somebody, and then go into like a time warp, and then be another character related to him, and then be one of his buddies, right? And then go into another adventure, and then hear this siren thing that will take me back to the present day, and then Squall be like, "Huh, that was interesting," and I'll be like. Da, 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 whatever <laughs> so that's what i would do <laughs> nice nice mm-hmm. mm, that's a hard question i feel like i'd want to hang out with a character that like dies at the end of the game and like tip them off about something that would happen but i guess that would like reach into spoiler territory to talk about here anyway um, um i feel <laughs> like i'd want to actually spend a day with rex from xenoblade chronicles 2 he just seems like such a cool guy in such a cool world. Um, I feel bad saying this, but I'd almost want to spend more time just in the world than with him necessarily. But if he gets me there, then <laughs> he's my ticket. Just because it's so varied. There's so many different creatures there. We'd run around. I'd be his blade for the day. Like Mithra and Pyra can take a break. And I don't know, just hang out with Rex. And then at the end of it, I'd just tell him he's doing a good job and not be so hard on himself. I think that's uh, the answer of the <laughs> of the year for me. I, I, that's that's great because like Rex is quite a unique character and and his accent too is very. It's not like a strong Scottish accent, but it's very soothing. And um, you nailed on the head, nailed the hammer on the head. Like Blade, hell yeah! I mean, not the bad side where you have to collect all these blades and you know <laughs> over obsessed with it and end up not playing the game. I'm not saying that's me. It might be, but <laughs> that's great, man. That's a good. That's a good answer. Nice. Well, me, I would want to spend a day with my score buddy. 
for oh. sure. And we wouldn't do any battling. No, that that's that's for later or for when I'm not there. I'm just there to just enjoy the day with him, whatever he wants to do, and then eat some curry for sure, definitely. And at the end, I would just tell him to try to help others as much as possible and do his best. Score bunny is a good boy. Great answer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So my question for y'all would be, hmm. okay, say that Paper Mario never came to be. <laughs> I know that's going <laughs> to upset people, right? And say that Super Mario RPG 2 came to be, like, like oh. you know, just coming, coming with that same, like, square... Um, that square feel and you know just that same sort of using the same engine the game engine and you know there's a sequel right so coming from the legend of seven stars um which characters from that game would you include and and if not what, what would be a new character you would want mario to be around hmm you know i feel like if square kept being involved with that series they definitely would have wanted to explore more of the Mario characters that Nintendo kind of really doesn't. So I feel like mm -hmm. we would have a, a Boo with like an actual trait in that actually <laughs> like shows character development. Uh, yeah. Same with a Shy Guy. And huh. I think they would have added Yoshi early on too. Right. Okay. I like that. A Boo with a trait too. I mean, mm, I, yeah. I would play that. Yeah. Hmm. I kind of like the idea that Sergio was going with, with kind of expanding on the typical Mario characters. Like, how many times have you jumped on a Goomba and never thought about, like, his family, you know, or his backstory? <laughs> like, what oh, drove him to yeah. be on that part of the level, and how many times has he been stomped on? I kind of want to know that backstory and what would its abilities be in your party. Like, I don't know, Square, get on it. Let's flesh that out a little bit. Yeah. Wow. That's... That's an interesting answer. I never thought about that. I mean, yeah, we always look at Goomba as like a thing to stomp on, but it has feelings too. And, you know, maybe he stomps on people in the game. Ooh. <laughs> what would he stomp on? Well, excuse me. What would he or she stomp on? Uh, just your <laughs> opponents. Like you can use them to like, maybe you throw them because they're so short and they just like stomp on people. I don't know. <laughs> mm, okay. That's why we like need the that. second game, man. We gotta figure this stuff out. Oh, Square Nintendo. I mean, I mean why'd you break up? They made <laughs> what was his name? Bobby in this last Paper Mario game, like emotional. Yeah. Why can't they do that to a Goomba? I know, right? That's a that's a good pull. Ah, uh, man. I mm, I would actually now. Y'all probably know I love the Hammer Bros. <laughs> I have a big, I have uh, affection for Hammer Bros, especially in Super Mario Maker 2 with my levels. Um, I want to know their story because they're always throwing hammers, but why? Why are they throwing hammers all I, the time? <laughs> right? Or or fireballs or, you know. I feel like balls. that would be a very dark backstory <laughs> that I definitely need to see happen. Yeah. You hear at Nintendo, you hear that Square, you know, come back together <laughs> and figure out. The Goombas, the Hammer Bros, and uh, a Boo with a trait. Okay, yeah. <laughs> those are those are the main three, y'all. Like, get on it. And um, if you want to consult us with more ideas, you know where to look for us. We're we're all we're on all the you know <laughs> the podcasting apps like Spotify, <laughs> Apple, Google Play. No, but yeah, I yeah, I mean, mm, 
I wouldn't like to know more about the Hammer Bros for sure. And um, I know some people have known them in two of my levels that I've made that may or may not have been very, um, <laughs> very, very dangerous. But, uh, you know, it's that's my curiosity. So, all right. Nice. I think it's time for you to save a surge. All right. We have some answers from our question from last week. We asked, what new character would make you switch your main in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate? A few answers from our Discord include one from Colt or Pumpkin who said, Cakes or Celeste from Animal Crossing. Hi, I'm Tom said, Tom Nook, also from Animal Crossing. And Naprat said, Blathers. Also from Animal Crossing. <laughs> so that's a lot of those. <laughs> uh, Dragon said Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Uh, Phoenix said, oof, let's see if I say this right, Huorang. I believe it's from a Tekken game. Ooh, that is actually, that's pretty close. Uh, I think it's either that or Guanang, which I am totally butchering. I, it was either one of those, but that's, that's I would say, but in reality, I would say Huorang because like, oh. my cousin I used to say that. But you're, We'll go with what you're saying. I like it. I like it. <laughs> nice. Uh, Faroe's Dragon said the Kirby version of any new character. <laughs> uh, Cube said any proper indie rep or Ami or Amaterasu from Okami. That would be pretty nice. And he also said Bandana D would also be cool enough. TJ said the Knight from Hollow Knight. And Daryl said either Quote or Curly from Cave Story. Elma from Xenoblade Chronicles X, Gino from Super Mario RPG, or my personal favorite, Isaac from Golden Sun. Oh, wow, that's a good pull. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that's ooh. Okay. All right. What about you guys? <laughs> Look, I y'all know I've been obsessed oh, with this one. Please game. don't say Nathan Drake. No, no. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, good. Go ahead. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Kellen might appreciate this because um, he hyped up this game and got me hyped, and then I am loving this game 40 hours in. Um, so it's from Hades, right? The the latest uh, entry in the Supergiant Games era of games. Like, they've been killing it, and they've been killing it with this. Uh, so the main character is Zagreus, uh, the son of Hades, Prince of the Underworld, the protagonist of Hades. And I think he would make a great addition to um, this to Smash because you know he uses six different weapons. He uses a sword, spear, uh, twin fists, uh, bow, shield, and um, a rail gun. Like think of a gun, but like in ancient times. So I think <laughs> so. He has a plethora of weapons to choose from, and what he can output from. This combination is multiplicative. Okay, so I I think I rest my case. <laughs> Man, that's a pretty good answer. Um, lately, I've come to a revelation that in games like this, I tend to main robotic type characters. Like I play Robin mm. Smash in Overwatch. <laughs> I play Zenyatta and um, I can't. Honestly, I don't know how to say your name. It's kind of embarrassing that I use her a lot. Orissa? I believe it's Orissa, and they're both Omnic, which are kind of the robots of the Overwatch world. And so mm. my answer for this has to be 2B from Nier Automata because, one, she's a really cool character, and, two, her moveset could be really cool. So um, her moveset would 
use her main sword quite a bit. That would be for a lot of her up-close attacks, but then she also has a pod that follows her around that has different um, abilities, so it can shoot lasers, it can shoot bullets, it can do a lot of different things for her. Um, she can use it as a recovery, use it to float, and so I think there's um, a really good idea for a character there. It would bring in the great music environment for a stage. Um, i just really like to see it done, and I think it brings kind of an artistic style for a character that we're kind of missing from this DLC. Mm. I mean, you mentioned lasers. I'm in, I mean, I, I mean, I'm <laughs> drawing from like one step from Eden, like the gun, that one gunner uh, character. I mean, yo, like I, I, I plus one, I, I love those kind of characters. So that'd be good. Nice. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit on the simple predictable side. So it would be, I call them my Triforce. There's three characters that stand out to me, either Scorbunny representing power, KK Slider representing wisdom, or Ori representing courage. Ooh, I like that a lot. I mean, what if they actually made that? I mean, it would just, if they were to do that in real life, I'd be like, yo, Sergio worked with Nintendo on this one. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very cute Triforce you got going on there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. So for this week's weekly question of the week, we said last week for last week's question of last week (laughs) (laughs) that we had a Mario question and now here it is. What's your favorite and your least favorite stage in Super Mario 64? Ooh. Yeah. Your favorite and your least favorite. Let us know both. Man, how am I going to choose my least favorite stage? I dislike all of them. I'm just kidding. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> Same. I mean, I have to revisit since I didn't. I haven't gotten three All Stars yet. Uh oh. No pitchforks. Oh, no pitchforks. Right now, <laughs> that might change. I don't know, but well, we'll, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> all right. Well, before we go, I forgot to say something I wanted to say. I'm recording with Kevin and with Kellen, so. I'm recording with KK, and that's awesome. Oh my god, I just <laughs> realized that. <laughs> well, now it's time to slide on out of here. Oh, yeah. okay, yo, that, mm. that's nice. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We're going to jump out of here. If you haven't already, join our Discord group. The description for this episode has a link to it if you would like to join. We are also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Send us any feedback you have at nintendojumppodcast at gmail.com. The best way to support this show is through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash nintendojump or by leaving a review for the show in your favorite podcast application. This is Sergio, and on behalf of Kevin and Kellen, thanks for listening. We hope you have a great week. Bye-bye. See you guys. Sergio, what is this song? Please. Nice. I I don't know. No. <laughs> I know it's KK something. That's okay. Agent KK. 
<laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> For this one second, I'm a bigger Animal Crossing fan. <laughs> I'm just kidding, though. I, I don't think I can ever surpass you. <laughs> oh, bye, everybody. Be good humans and take care. Bye-bye.